Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Sarah Zakrich Jang is the author of The Other Me. This was guest hosted by Alicia Fernandez Miranda, who is one of our Zibby Books authors and host of the podcast Quit Your Day Job. Sarah grew up in Michigan and always had a flair for the morbid and mysterious. For her dad's 35th birthday, she wrote a story entitled The Man Who Died at 35. She had a brief career as an aspiring rock star before she came to her senses and went back to school to become a web developer. Sarah lives in Florida with her family and an extremely hyper rescue dog. The Other Me is her first novel. Okay, hi everybody, and I'm really, really excited to welcome Sarah Zachrich Jang to the podcast today. Sarah, thank you for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. And uh, we're here to talk about the other me, which I really just have to tell you, I 
completely devoured it in one sitting. I was just saying to Sarah before we started recording that we got two copies and I gave one to my mom who read it before me. And she was like constantly texting me, asking me if I had read it yet because she wanted to talk about it. She was so (laughs) into it. But then when when I started, I just was gripped, completely gripped from like the very first chapter. So well done for creating such a propulsive narrative and a novel that really made me think about this kind of, you know, other, other life, other me's. Thank you. Glad you liked it. So why don't you start by telling everyone on the podcast who maybe hasn't read the book yet, what the other me is about? So the other me is a speculative thriller and it's about an artist named Kelly who lives in Chicago. And on her 29th birthday, she is at her friend's opening art opening when she walks through a door and suddenly finds herself at her own surprise birthday party at her hometown in Michigan. And she's stumbled into this alternate life where instead of leaving her hometown and going to art school, she married a guy from her high school and settled down with him. So pretty early on, as soon as she gets over the initial shock, she finds that she could remember things from both of her lives, the one in Chicago and the one in Michigan. So she needs to figure out how this happened, why it happened, and if it can be reversed. And the book has elements of domestic suspense, and it's not really science fiction, but it has elements of that as well. Totally. And where did you, where did this idea come from? What was your inspiration? So it's kind of a long progression. I, you know, spent my 20s playing in bands, and I hadn't written in many years. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk about that, by the way. I really want to know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, yeah, and I had, eventually I got, you know, a grown-up job. I had a kid. I needed a hobby that wouldn't keep me out until two in the morning every night. So I, I'd been writing fan fiction for several years. And then around 2015, I had this idea for an original novel. And I was thinking about, you know, this classic wish fulfillment tale of you know, guy meets girl, guy loses girl, guy moves mountains to get girl back. And usually it's framed from the male point of view and right. it's very romantic and positive. And I wanted to write it from the woman's point of view. She, how she has, you know, her whole life going on and what happens went to that when, you know, this guy kind of swoops in and takes over her narrative. <laughs> and I was also thinking about the, that talking head song, Once in a Lifetime, where he says, like, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. So that mm. was kind of the seed. <laughs> and so first I need to know what, what were you writing fan fiction about? What, what are you a fan of? <laughs> Well, so it's kind of a smaller fandom. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be judged on that writing. So I keep that. that okay. Private, okay. Because, you know, I mean, everyone has their old writing that they never want anyone to see. And it's it's still out there. But I'm just like pretty obsessed. I've interviewed a couple of people for um, Zibby's podcast who sort of started in fan fiction. And I have never written fan fiction, but now I'm like, why haven't I written fan fiction? Because it really does, it's not so dissimilar to your book, actually. It's basically taking characters that you love and putting them <laughs> in a totally different situation and yeah, you get to make all yeah. the rules. So that is great. Like, that's it's so a cool. great way to get started. Yeah. So can we talk about your music career? What do you, do you play an <laughs> instrument? Do you sing? I, well, now I say that I'm retired. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I don't play anymore. I mean, I I played drums in a band for a long time. I've played bass guitar. I've, I've sung. I sang backup. Um, I played keyboard in a hardcore band. That was my first band. Oh my God, that's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I kind of moved around. It was mostly like local level bands. Like we never toured or anything, but it was a lot of fun. It was basically like hanging out, screwing around with my friends. 
And then you became a web developer as well. Mm-hmm. So you and I still that I element. still am. Yeah. Do you you've got this like very right brained and very left brained kind of you know these two paths? Do you do you see that? Do you see it like that, or do you see them as kind of you know two sides of the same coin when you're sort of developing or coding and then you're writing or making music? Yeah, I mean. I, I think there's creativity in both aspects of it. I mean, I'm I'm a Libra, so I have to be balanced. <laughs> and yeah, like I I feel like like my my day job right now is kind of both aspects, like design and code. So I get both sides of my brain get a workout, and as well in in writing a novel, mm. you have to like keep track of all these different plot points and you know reveals and who knows what at what time and. Um, in this book, you know, I had spreadsheets and diagrams and all kinds of stuff. So that was, as well as being creative, it's also kind of analytical. What was the biggest surprise for you in kind of moving from writing fan fiction to putting together your own full-length original novel? Oh gosh. I mean, I, like you do have to do a lot of characterization in fan fiction. Like you have to know your characters really well, but creating a character from the ground up, um, multiple characters it's, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of fun too. Yeah. Cause I, I did like all the character backstories and everything. Mm. And I, I rewrote this novel so many times. So a lot of that is character backstory that didn't make it into the novel, but informed the character. So that, that was quite a bit different from writing fan fiction. Cause you kind of have this in fan fiction, you have this baseline where people already know kind of the characters going in. So you have to introduce readers to right strangers pretty much when you're writing your own fiction. And when you were writing about Kelly in particular, who I think is really, she's really well-formed. She's very human as a character in a way that not everything she does, you think, oh, this is the, you know, she's making all the perfect decisions in her life. Did you, did you approach that more from like you, uh, you know, you, you kind of had her fully formed in your head. Did you go on this journey with her? You know, what, what was your approach to writing Kelly like? Right. I, I, wanted to make sure that she made bad choices. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wanted to like put some ambiguity in there. Like she, she's, she arrives in this new life and she doesn't know what's going on, but as she finds out more and as she gets more into it, there's like some ambiguity and ambivalence there. Like there are compensations to this new life that she has. And I wanted her to kind of feel doubt and you know, she, she makes mistakes. She, in in her life in Chicago as an artist, she's maybe not, you know, helping herself as much as she could. Um, And I, and I just wanted to make her real like that. And I also wanted to make her as, you know, far away from myself personality wise as I could. Right. So she's like extroverted. She's kind of this intrepid person who goes and investigates like if, if I were in that situation, I'd probably just be like, oh, you know, I, I'll just <laughs> sit back and see what's going on. This new life is fine. <laughs> yeah. I've got, you know, a hot husband and a nice house, you know, I mean, probably not, but, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have been quite as active as her because, you know, in, when you're writing a novel, your characters can't just sit there. <laughs> I just, I love it. So one of the questions I want to ask you, so my my book is coming out next year. It's a memoir, but it really does explore me looking back on all of these other paths I could have taken in my past and then actually going to do them via a series of unpaid internships, which you can read all about in February. Um, but I think we've all imagined this concept of another life. What if you hadn't broken up with that boyfriend? What if you had taken that job that you didn't take? You know, if you had a chance to go back and like relive a different version of your life, would you do it? 
like when I look back on my life and the choices, how my choices have led me, I mostly feel a relief because, you know, I've made bad choices like everyone else. And I've been very lucky that they didn't affect my life permanently. So yeah, I feel like I've ended up where I'm supposed to be. Mm. If, I mean, if I could go back, I'd probably, you know, I'd be terrified that I'd end up in a dark place. <laughs> so I'd, I wouldn't want to go back. Yeah, the dark. You don't want to end up on the darkest timeline. It's true. No, no. But your book sounds amazing. I can't wait to read that. <laughs> oh, thanks. Not as not a plug, but I do. Just I do. I think like I I would like to go back for like a day or a couple of days, maybe not forever. But I would be so curious to see what would be the same, right? And this is also right. something that comes up in your book. Like, what is the same about this character who has kind of gone down this different you know path in the space time continuum? And I do think. <laughs> it would be so fascinating to find out what things would just, they would always be part of you. They would always be part of your story and the things that just absolutely wouldn't. So it's definitely a novel that kind of spurs all of these different questions about, I think, everybody's own life and themselves. I mean, what, you know, the book's been out now for a bit. What's the reaction been like from readers? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot of people have, you know, told me something to the effect of what you just said, like it made them think about their own choices and, you know, their own paths that weren't taken or that they wish they had taken. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool to see the, the reactions people have. Like some people are really into the friendship aspect of it, like between Kelly and Linnea. So I wanted to make that, you know, a little bit poignant with, you know, her losing her best friend, literally. So it was, I I was happy to see that that hit with some people, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's just, it, and you know, I'll get emails from people and they'll just make my day. So, And can you tell us a little bit about the publishing process? So how did you, uh, how did you get published basically? And kind of what was that like for you? Yeah, so I, I, you know, I took a few years to write the novel and rewrite it. And then I entered Pitch Wars, the Twitter program. Oh, cool. Sad. Yeah. I, well, I didn't get into Pitch Wars, but the the author that I sent my manuscript to, she was like, you know, gave me some really good feedback and kind of introduced me to 
an agent that she knew and the agent, you know, had me revise and resubmit the novel. And then, and then she offered me representation, the agent that became my agent. And after, you know, a few more revisions, we took it out on submission to editors. And my experience is like super not typical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've found out in the process of writing my second novel, how not typical it is, but I was on sub for 72 hours. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was, we were all like really floored. So I'm, you know, it was like May, 2020 and she sent the book to the editor, my editor on like Thursday. And then we got an offer on Monday and I'm like standing in my driveway on the phone with my agent, like watching my daughter roller skate, everything's locked down. So (laughs) it's kind of surreal anyway. And I'm just like, what is happening? Like, is this, is this really going on? Is this my life right now? So. Like, have I been gone through a doorway and got into another life? Has that happened? Right? That'd be very right? meta, actually. <laughs> yeah, so it was just really crazy. I was just going to say that my your story about kind of watching your daughter roller skate, I do find having kids, being a parent, and then like these kind of really exciting things happen. And like 10 minutes later, you're just like <laughs> knee deep in someone's like disgusting, muddy laundry that you're having to like soak before it goes in or yeah. you know, these real like juxtapositions in your life that happen when you're... It really keeps you humble. <laughs> well, and you know, and people, people think that writing is very glamorous and, you know, lots of elements of it are, I suppose, but most of it is just not really. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, for me, writing is like sitting hunched over my computer at six in the morning, like looking like a gremlin. So So what's your process like kind of balancing writing and the um, software developing you do? And like, how do you, are you really disciplined about it or do you just kind of write whenever? Um, I mean, I get up every morning at five and I write for, I try to write for two hours and it doesn't always come out. Like I'll, you know, do something like research, write, plot, whatever. And then when I'm on deadline, I have to do a little more at night after work. But usually it's just that two hours in the morning and I'm on the weekends. (laughs) And do you, I mean, do you find yourself, God, I would be absolutely there's no way I could do anything at five in the morning, much less be creative. But I guess it's probably nice to have quiet time where there's nobody kind of pestering. Yeah. Well, I started when my daughter was a lot younger when, you know, she would need more during the day. Yeah. So uh, I, I couldn't, like, by the, by the end of the day, I was just fried. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start going to bed at you know, 9, 30, 10 and get up at five and just do that. So I became a morning person wow. for, forcibly. All right. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's good to know that people can do that. I had, um, I interviewed someone for my, the podcast that I run on Zibby's network called Quit Your Day Job, who's a travel agent uh, this week. And she was saying she gets up at four <gasps> every day, oh. works for like a couple hours and then goes back to sleep. And oh, she's wow. like an insomniac and she just does that. And I was like, all right. That's I mean, a yeah, method. whatever works. Yeah. That's a method. Well, I guess you're right. So tell us a little bit about this second novel that you're working on. So it's another, you know, speculative thriller. It's about two women who were best friends in college and they had a device that lets them switch bodies with each other. <gasps> so I already love it. I already love <laughs> it. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so that, yeah. So that gets them into some trouble and it, you know, that trouble ends their friendship. And then years later, their lives intersect again. And it's kind of, about what happens then. And it's it's kind of like Dark Freaky Friday meets the top yes, of Mr. Ripley. Yes. Yeah. Dark Freaky Friday. I love it. <laughs> How are, are you approaching this book differently, kind of given everything you learned going through it the first time? I mean, you know, I, I will say that book two syndrome is 
a thousand percent real. Mm. I mean, I guess it's, it hasn't taken longer objectively than writing the other me, but it feels like it has because, Mm. you know, you're under deadline, you have people waiting on you, you have people giving feedback who, um, and and you, you, there's a lot more pressure. So it's, it's harder in that way. And I definitely have approached it differently from the writing standpoint too. Like I, you know, I, I think I plotted I plotted this book a lot more meticulously before I wrote it. Like with the other me, I just kind of wrote and rewrote and plotted okay. very loosely before I wrote and then like fixed everything after. And right. with this book, I've been a little more meticulous, but it's it's still in edits. So we're still working on it. <laughs> do you have a do you have a pub date for that? Do you know when it's coming out? Not yet. Okay. No. And would you kind of write or kind of do you have any curiosity to explore different genres or do anything like totally different with your writing? Yeah. I mean, I would totally, I've been reading so much romance since 2020 that I would totally go in that direction. I I know it's super hard to break into, but I'm just kind of, you know, I'm thinking about some ideas. So we'll see. I feel like I could see that actually seeing your Mm -hmm. writing style. Like I could totally see that you've got a romance novel buried within you ready to come out. (laughs) And yeah, and fan fiction is like very romance heavy. So that's what's one of the best things about it. I yeah. definitely yeah. definitely need to get into reading more fan fiction for sure. Do you have like a community? How do you kind of find community in what you in what you do as a writer? So yeah, I mean, I have a I have a group chat. We mm-hmm. um a bunch of authors from my publisher kind of got together on a group chat. And we nice. and we still talk all the time. It's it's really it's been really like sanity. It's kept kept my kept me sane through this whole process because we can kind of talk to each other and commiserate and celebrate each other's successes. So that's been really a lifesaver. That's awesome. And so you've already done a bunch of careers You've or you're still doing several. <laughs> what else would you do if you could do absolutely anything? Is there anything else you would do? I mean, I would definitely, you know, if I could, I'd write full time. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, people are like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, my hobby was writing until I you know, <laughs> got a book deal. <laughs> Now my now it's another job. <laughs> yeah. Now now I have to find some new hobbies. But yeah, I mean, I you know I I have a really full life and I love my life. So I don't know. I don't think I'd be doing anything else. That's like so. Like I love that. I love that, especially from someone who's written a novel about someone living a whole different <laughs> different life of theirs. I think that's amazing. We always like to kind of end these podcasts asking for advice for aspiring writers. So what would you say to someone listening to this? Maybe they're writing fan fiction, <laughs> dreaming of their book deal or dreaming of their own original project. What kind of advice would you give? Well, I would say you're probably going to have moments of self-doubt. I'm sure there are writers who don't, but I'm not one of them. Mm. So it's helpful to have like a strategy to deal with that. Like you can kind of, you know, keep a folder of nice things people have said about your work, or you can like, read bad reviews of books that you loved or <laughs> just <laughs> that's such a good one do you I do know that? I mean I well I don't know you got to proceed with caution there because it'll also show you like how nitpicky readers can be and you're just like <laughs> what are they saying about my book if they're saying this about this other wonderful book but you know if, if you're if you're if you have a little bit of pettiness in you it does help which you know I do so then sometimes you're sometimes you're in the mood <laughs> okay wait so what are your are those your strategies for overcoming self I mean I've done that and sometimes like you you look back at your own writing and you're like you know this is pretty good actually like maybe maybe I'm not a hat so. <laughs> 
I ha- I have been working on a novel, and my husband is always like, "How are you feeling about it today?" And then it's like, depends on the day. Some days I'm like, yeah. "This is the worst thing that anybody has ever written," and some days I think, "Oh, this is not the worst thing anybody's ever written," which tends to be as far as I get. But I love the idea of kind of having little strategies and keeping nice things people say about you because this is definitely a field where there's plenty of self-doubt, plenty of rejection mm-hmm. that you just kind of have to live with. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. I think those are really, really good approaches. <laughs> Maybe roller skating with your daughter. Can be- <laughs> well, I don't roller skate anymore because I um, tore my ACL the last time oh, I was no. on roller skates. <laughs> oh God. I know. Yeah. Well, this was like years and years ago, but Oh my gosh. So you just watch your roller skating spectrum. I just watch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bicycle. Yeah. Also a great sport. Oh my gosh. Well, Sarah, it's been amazing to talk to you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about the other me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.